0: All right, welcome to Crossing Broadcast. I'm your host, Kyle Scott, joined as always by Adam Lefko and Russell Joy. Guy's going to be a rough one today, I think.
1: Man, your voice alone, are are you going to die?
0: No, it's I got that deep morning sexy voice thing going on. Working on 3 hours of sleep, came down to the shore late last night, random ass toothache, didn't sleep, kid was up. We're good to go. Good morning, everyone.
1: Yeah, you are a representation of Philadelphia sports right now.
0: Yeah, pretty much down in the uh, down in the shitter, half alive, and it's pouring outside. So uh, it's a beautiful this, day to be alive. Yeah. So this one, uh, we're, we're going to try and bring the energy today. Uh, we might have a few sound <laughs> issues. Adam too is is out of pocket using a phone. I am uh, out of my normal element. Only Russ is in his usual recording uh, basement studio. Uh, But the good news is I think Monday we're going to have some much improved sound quality coming uh, where we will have uh, much better audio, especially on the parts of Adam and Russ, much much clearer. So hopefully that's coming Monday. Uh, We're working to get this thing as good as possible. Reminder, keep the reviews coming in iTunes. Uh, We're up well over 50 now. We're still in the top 100 and uh, we we have been getting more questions in there and we're going to answer some of those today. Um, and then do a couple segments at the end. This might be a somewhat shorter show than normal, but we will try and take you through your uh, your commute. Uh, guys, should we just get right into the questions?
1: Yeah, man, go for it.
0: All right, let's sure. do it. Um, all right, so, so these are still some that we had left over from Wednesday since we got to, what, three. Um, this first one comes from R1288K. He says, unless I've missed it, I might have. Uh, Your thoughts on YouTube TV, I like it a lot. And this one from Mike Verna, any chance a company other than Comcast offers high-speed internet to compete in the next 10 years? Um, I think these questions kind of go hand in hand, and they also fit with what was, uh, to me, the most interesting story yesterday. There wasn't a whole lot going on. The um, launch of Hulu Live, which is yet the latest Streaming over the top cable, I don't want to say cable, uh, TV service coming in that 35 to $45 price point. The thing that's notable about Hulu and YouTube TV and also PlayStation View, as well as Football TV, I think, but that's a little more, a little less mainstream, is that they all offer the local affiliates and regional sports networks, at least in Philly, which means Comcast Sportsnet. Services that you may have heard about, like Sling TV or DirecTV now, uh, do not offer CSN, so it's kind of a non-starter. So um, one of the questions I get the most from, from readers, I guess because I just cover this so much, is, is about these core-cutting services. Um, so the, on the question of YouTube, I really like it a lot. Uh, it's not quite ready for the prime time. The biggest things holding it back at the moment are you can only stream it on your mobile devices or on your TV if you have a Chromecast. Now, they are willing to give you a free Chromecast as part of your trial if you sign up for your first month, which isn't a bad deal. It's like a $30 device, so it's not a terrible deal. But it's not yet available on Apple TV or Roku or Amazon Fire Stick, which I would imagine are uh, is probably most people who are streaming through their TV have one of those three devices. So that's a non-starter for right now. Uh, they have a pretty good channel lineup, including Comcast SportsNet, but they don't offer TNT or TBS. Non-starter if you're a basketball fan. Um, however, the the interface, as you would expect from Google and YouTube, is super smooth. It's clean. Uh, it's very lightning quick. It's intuitive. Um, so I, would de- I think this has the most promise. YouTube is a big player here. Their streaming capabilities are, are going to be second to none. Uh, they have the backing of Google, uh, and it just makes sense. It, everything, as soon as you open the app, everything feels familiar. Um, so I like it. I wouldn't recommend it yet. Especially if you like basketball. If you want something totally to watch on your mobile devices and don't need NBA playoffs, then go for it. But if you want to beam stuff to your TV and don't want to work with a Chromecast or have multiple TVs, I'd wait. It sounds like all those things are coming. Um, The second part of that is the Hulu Live, which I think uh, the interface sucks. But they do offer TNT, and bonus, they are the only one that offers the Comcast Network, which gets you some uh, Phillies and Sixers games when they get bumped for, for each other and vice versa on Comcast. Guys, have either of you thought about cutting the cord and or use any of these services? Go for it, Russ.
2: Yeah, um, I, I've, my wife has always been really big into let's try to save money on anything that I like. So she's been really big into, like, why don't we just cut the cord? And I think this comes back to something that I would assume that plenty of our listeners might be doing now or might lean towards doing. So uh, if you are one of these people, let me know. Um, I, I'm i a big proponent of, as a 20-something-year-old, use your parents' login uh, or an email that's associated with their Comcast or Fios account and use something like a fire stick, which is what, what I do. Um, use the fire stick. Now, is it a little bit of a pain to flip through apps instead of just flipping through, you know, a typical channel guide? Yeah, a little bit. Is it better than spending 150 bucks a month on, like, what you might want for cable? Yeah. So with a fire stick, at least, you know, since, since Comcast and NBC have, you know, uh, agreed to their merger and they've been putting all the games on the NBC Sports app, you no longer even have to have um, a, a decent cable package. As long as you have the password for somebody who does, you can access all Sixers, Flyers, Union, I think even the Phillies when they want you to, uh, through that app. Um, so that's where I lean. I, I'm, I've so you're gotten stealing closer. it. You're stealing I've gotten, it. No, well, it's not stealing. Well, it's still um, dead. Because it's cause they're, cause they're it's paying. And they're oh, an associated account. But I, I do think that that's kind of where we're... We're heading as a uh, as a younger generation, I guess, is away from is more towards the a la carte and less in a traditional cable. It's a disruptor. And these kind of online streaming, you know, streaming sources are are definitely throwing a wrench in what the traditional cable model has always been. But if you can access, especially like premium channels uh, for no cost to you. It certainly is not a bad way to go, assuming that it is legally responsible. Which, of course, I would always make sure it is.
0: Okay, so I I have uh, one one thing on your thievery. Uh, It's not a bad idea, and look, we've all done it, so I'm not, (laughs) I'm not on my high horse here. But I I think for most people, that becomes uh, as you get older or whatever, that becomes a less viable option. Not to mention, it can become somewhat of a headache if. You have to hop in 50 different apps. Um, it's one thing if, if you're solely Netflix and sports. But if you do want to h- watch cable TV, um, TNT, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever it is, it requires a lot of uh, jumping through hoops, finding different apps. Um, but it's not a bad idea, and I know a lot of people do that. The, one of the, the, the interesting things in, about these streaming services is that most of them, if you sign up for them, you can use your login credentials for those. So you can use your play PlayStation View credentials or your YouTube TV credentials as cable provider credentials in those other apps. But there's always these there's all sorts of caveats. Like right now on the NBC Sports app, you can't use that YouTube TV login as a cable login. But you can use a PlayStation login or a Verizon login. So there's always these like little uh, caveats with any of these streaming services that sound good, but then when you want to try and use them like a regular cable plan, it kind of comes back, uh, to, to screw you. The other thing I would mention there about the NBC sports app, uh, in general, and this is kind of hopping all around, supposedly you're, you're, you're supposed to be able to stream all the local games if you're within the Philly market. But I have heard reports of people both with regular cable credential logins and using YouTube TV, being in the market, getting for some reason blacked out specifically with Phillies games, um, using the NBC sports app or or even YouTube TV app proper. So um, again, that's not supposed to happen, but it sounds like uh, NBC and Comcast have dropped the ball somewhere or having some sort of tech issue determining location. So uh,
1: I, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question because we're we're talking about this national epidemic. Uh, we've used words like cord cutting and disruptor, and I'm trying to figure it out from a Philly perspective. Are you guys upset that you can't watch your ABC 6 sports recap at 6? Is it disrupted that you can't get it? Uh, are you upset that you're not able to see quick slants on your on your mobile device or uh, your your slim bundle that's coming out? That's my real question is forget how we're watching it. Is there ever a point in your day in which there's local media? Like, what is the local media in Philadelphia that you're like, I need to see this right now? Because that's what happens when you cut cords. So it's just a question to you guys. Is there any Philly media right now, other than Twitter, that you guys are like, oh, going to have to tune in for that?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is easy. I, if, if you're going to cut the cord. A it's live if, yeah, I mean, if you're not, a, but I mean, that that's a big part of it. If you're not a sports fan, cutting the cord is has been easy for about four years now. You could definitely do it better. And sports is sports is really the one thing truly propping up the traditional cable package right now. That they're and the leagues and networks have done everything they can to withhold uh, to. to Hold themselves from falling over the cliff and going into these streaming bundles, but they've all basically been forced into it now, and they're trying to, I think, navigate their way through it. Um, yeah, but
1: I mean, like studio programming. No, no I, the,
0: I get what you're saying, but yeah. part of it is part of it is you know all three of the four local teams are on the local cable channel channel, so that that is a number one especially for you know someone like me or or someone people like us that is that is the biggest deal so it doesn't really matter about the other stuff i don't care about quick slants i'm not watching comcast sports net any other time of the day other than for the games and the occasional post-game show that's it but i mean i have i have a wife russ you have a wife um we like we like to uh i mean she watches NBC 10 a lot. She gets up early with the baby. She likes to just put on the news as background noise. And I find I found myself 5 years ago, late 20s, we were just, you know, you know, single a couple living in a house together, no baby, no nothing like that. I found it easier you could just binge, you could survive almost solely on Netflix. I feel like as you get older and you have more responsibilities in your life, sometimes the ease of just hitting a channel like the local news and putting it on while you're getting ready or doing something else or flipping on Nickelodeon for a one-year-old, as easy as it is to bust out the Disney app and, and put on Mickey or YouTube and put on stuff for the kid, sometimes it's just really easy at 5 a.m. to turn on Nickelodeon and, and watch that. So,
1: well, the, the reason yeah. I asked Kyle is because so I I was in the Philly market. I was home from New York. I was in Philly, and I watched what I thought was a pretty awesome Phillies Cubs extra innings game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they were going back and forth. There were great moments. There was you know uh, bases loaded where the Phillies got out of it, and then they lose the game. And I'm watching Barkan, and I'm watching Ben Davis, and I'm watching Batalico and I'm I'm listening to them assign blame for a regular season loss, and I'm thinking to myself, man, there was a time where I needed to hear what everyone had to say. And I think it was because of just the collective beaten down of all the sports in Philadelphia that um, dissecting a loss, I, like, tuned out immediately. I began thinking, what content could... Comcast, Sportsnet, WIP, 97.5, whatever it is that you get your used-to-be traditional media for, what kind of shows could they create? What kind of tone could they have that would actually make me want to watch? Because that's what I find is going to happen with all these skinny bundles and cord cutting is you then will only watch the things that you feel you have to watch, whether it's Walking Dead, whether it's HBO, whether it's House of Cards on Netflix, so I was curious, like, is it just the sports teams doing well or do they need to try new creative programming? That's my question. Uh,
0: I, I I have two things on that. So first, I, to your point about what could they create, I go back to our ESPN conversation last week. This was the point I was trying to make with them. As people are cutting the cord and you, these bundles begin to offer options, right now YouTube and Hulu basically have one option, both include ESPN. Uh, PlayStation View has four. I'm not sure if they all include ESPN, they probably do, but there are, you have you actually have options on what you want to watch. And the point I was trying to make then, and it applies to Comcast Sportsnet is if there's not pro if if it's the live games, it's one thing. If the live games are indispensable, then yeah, uh, you are. You're going to need that channel. I'm going to need Comcast Sportsnet. Uh, I might need, at this moment, ESPN for Monday Night Football. But if some of these rights move around or whatever, what other content can these networks have that really keep you hooked in uh, to, to their product? And something like 30 for 30. If ESPN had several 30 for 30 type shows where it's like, I really need that. And I would apply the same thing to Comcast. They, it's all contrived debate. And I've talked to people who've worked there, who've used to work there. Um, they are pushing this embrace debate format, which I think... A lot of people dislike. We talked about this with ESPN. It gets ratings, sure, but it's n- nothing about it is is must-have. Like you said, turning on the post-game show and listening to Barkhand dissect a May Phillies game is not must-have. Listening to quick slants in the middle of fucking June is not must-have. So what could they do? I think Comcast... Uh, they they should leverage their technology and their relationships and they can do shows like local versions of 30 for 30 they don't have to be that good um, but they could do d- decent documentaries a look back at the mid 90s flyers right our our generation would eat that up the 93 fills it's been done before we could do it again um, they could do 24 tight Twenty-four-seven hard knocks type shows with local teams. They have the access. They have the partnerships. They would. They would be. I'm sure they'd be willing to give some creative control to the teams. But that's stuff people would watch, and you would feel like I really need to see that. Other than a couple of guys just uh, just arguing on TV. And uh, Russ, do you have a point? To, I had a second point. lost yeah, my train of thought. Yeah, so they. Uh,
2: I guess a couple things. So the the CSNs of the world and all of the the regional networks that are now part of the NBC umbrella should not only be working on doing local documentary kind of stories. I mean, like it it would be cool to see Comcast kind of double down on staying local and actually kind of start to do a little bit of side reporting on local colleges and on collegiate teams and following them so that their content isn't, you know, six hours a day of the Ninja blender like the, I think the thing that always got me so angry when when I would be watching Comcast and and uh, ESPN on pretty much on loop all day was knowing that if I got sick of what was on ESPN and I flipped to CSN, I was likely going to get hit with a paid infomercial. When I think it would be smart of them, and it would probably be maybe you know would definitely be better for ratings for them to actually kind of cover some other local stories, and and if not, they could at least do what the ninety seven fives of the world do overnight, they could use syndicated NBC programming. And again, like Kyle was saying, the kind of twenty four seven hard knocks sort of style, that could work really well on a on a regional network like Comcast Sportsnet. The uh the like, there was a like question. We would that you eat asked that up. Before, if if they yeah. took
0: us behind the scenes of our local teams, we would eat that up. And I know the teams are starting to do that on their own websites, but fucking partner with them. Just broadcast the Eagles do really, really good behind the scenes stuff on their website every week. But get that shit on comcast. It it and Adam, can't to, be that hard. To your point about, you know,
2: like what kind of programming do you really need? When when I was in college, which wasn't that long ago, and I was on this 24-hour kind of sports news cycle flipping between those channels, I loved watching the post-game shows. And I wanted to delve into everything. And I wanted to watch every single report that was done on, you know, like the Sports Rise of the World and the Sports Night. But as I've gotten older and having kids, I don't have time for that stuff anymore. So for me, it really is the on-demand. I want to see the game, and that's it. I don't care about uh, Ricky Vitalico breaking down a game afterwards. I can I can read that later. I can listen to that on my way to work. I don't I don't necessarily find myself needing to sit down to listen to post-game breakdowns. So in terms of like somebody who's looking to cut chords, yeah, if, if you're a sports fan, I think the only thing that you really should care about is having the games. I don't necessarily know who at this point, it you know cares about the the aftermath breakdown, the post mortem of a game. That even applies to the ESPNs and FS ones of the world. You know, like after a major event, somebody winning in the playoffs, you can't even flip on the FS ones of the world or even ESPN for a recap because they likely have some other kind of nonsensical content or some debate show instead of you know covering the actual game that just occurred. Uh and that's I think man I think that's a shame.
1: I, I think part of it with, too with
0: locally is the team with, sucked, but go ahead.
1: I, I disagree with like almost everything that was just said. Um <laughs> one, so like ESPN has made it so that when a major event ends, the Scott Van Pelt show begins and he's typically interviewing someone from that event. So to say that they go into first take after a huge event is incorrect. Uh second um, when it comes, so that's my question. That's what my question was for you. Cause everyone likes to say, oh, I don't like this content. Oh, I don't like this content. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is from two people that like disruption and like cord cutting, what could actually get them to watch. And what, what happens is, is we're always trying to do a television show. We're always trying to do a debate show or an analytics show. And I don't think anyone has figured out how to tap into social media after games, which is always a good buzz, whether it's Twitter, Instagram posts, all that stuff, figuring out a way to do a show on television that is also good for streaming, that is also good for online, like creating like a local Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon type of sports show. That's just a completely different vibe. Like if it went from like, if it tried to be so far from ESPN that it was almost talking dead and that's what I think the issue is. I was thinking about it yesterday with Philadelphia. It's the same people running the same system on every single network. You know what you're going to get on WIP. You know what you're going to get on 97.5. It's the same thing for the last 50 to 20 years. I don't think we ha- we've had a new dose of any kind of different coverage in a long time. We just keep plugging lesser and lesser people in. And that's what I'm saying is, I just don't, I don't see any effort in terms of content. I see people making the same content that they've been making for 15 to 20 years, but they're not changing with how consumers are going about it. There's been no embracing of any other distribution platform.
2: Well, I, so, I, Adam, f- hold on a second. So, so you, you're saying that after every major event, they break to like a Scott Van Pelt. So last night after the Boston game, where there was the massive brawl, well it wasn't massive but the the incident between ubrey junior and Olenek. after that game where was there to go to listen to, to post game breakdown did espn actually go to any kind of a post game cuz i don't remember seeing it uh, or was it no, not it was the, killed, it was was the it early
1: was nba game on tnt so they went to the next game on tnt
2: no, 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 I know. That's what I, I I get that. But I'm saying in terms of like the ESPN going live right away to somebody. Well, who's why would ESPN go game?
1: live when all the NBA fans are going to watch the next NBA game? And also, I think you guys are wildly overreact, overrating how much people care about local in-depth coverage of, of the Villanova basketball team. I'll go right to Kyle's team. If they did like a, like a series every week, like they do series every week. I, people don't give a shit about local coverage like you guys think they do. They don't. No, but M- I, I think NBC does large ratings of the automa- of automotive auction shows. And that's why they can make a, a shitload of money because they don't have to produce any shows or any documentaries and they get a better rating than they would if they did a, a Villanova show.
0: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and uh, Russ mentioned this earlier. Those infomercials, it's, it's sort of like what we talked about with the autoplay radio stations. <laughs> They're super cheap, and they might be able to draw a decent enough rating to, to be better than a studio show. My point was, I was answering the question you asked about what could Comcast offer besides the live games that would make having them indispensable. Right now, the stuff they offer, it's very vanilla. It's not any different. It's not really inventive, Um what could have they, they ever offer?
1: asked you to come on, Kyle?
0: On, Com- I've been. On, I used to do the Great Sports Debate, which is broadcast on Comcast. But I, I have been told I have been blacklisted from Comcast because I was uh, a couple of hosts wanted to have me on a few shows and it got nixed every time. So, uh, no, I've I've not been. Like, See, that's in one thing.
1: I, I think they should. Do, I think they should have on what? you. I think they should have on. Spike Eskin with the right to Ricky Sanchez. I think that they need to they need to embrace all these new players and figure out yes. ways to suck up their audiences.
0: yeah, well, and here I was, that's a good point. And they did this with the seven hundred level, right? they the seven hundred level used to be a good block. They, and I, they're like our rivals, and that's fine, but they bought them. And it got so homogenized anything Comcast touches gets rolled up into the it does the vanillaous that we're, like 700 level used to have an opinion an attitude. Um, it, it was different than our site, but it used to be a little uh, rough around the edges or colorful or whatever. Now it is nothing more. It has been subsumed by the Comcast Sportsnet website where it doesn't even have its own URL anymore. It just is basically a section on their website for offbeat stories they brand with the 700 level, and they've turned it into a show. First it was Gonzo, now it's Mark Farzetta, and they try and do this, not Jimmy Fallon type, but they do try and do something different, but it, because it's, Comcast is just so vanilla with what they do. We bash ESPN, but ESPN can be created from time to time. The OJ documentary, the Thirty for Thirties, the Outside the Lines, uh, the Seven Hundred Level show is none of that. It is it is as you know light fair, as you could possibly imagine, man on the street type stuff. It's really it's really not particularly good. It's not bad. It just is. Um, so part of it is just being in that Comcast environment homogenizes everything. But you would ask me the question about. Well, what could these networks have that would make them indispensable? And, like, yes, I I totally get ratings. But, you know, from a viewer perspective, what would make me say I need this? If they don't have the games, what would I want to choose in a bundle? And it would have to be something like how a Netflix has a house of cards that I can't miss. It would have to be something like that. Uh, I really like hard knocks. I really like the 24 sevens. Like those would have been things that, and are things that would compel me to subscribe to HBO. But Comcast doesn't have any of that. If they had a, a show, even if it was twice a month, behind the scenes of the Phillies, I'm not even talking about Villanova, talk, just talk about the four big teams. You know, that would be something like, wow, that's really good, and it's only available if I'm a subscriber to Comcast. Not saying they're going to do that. Not saying it would necessarily make sense. But, you know, part of the problem is, and from both a viewer standpoint and from a sports network standpoint, is we've created all these platforms, two 24-7 sports talk radio stations, a local regional sports network. And right now, especially when the teams aren't good, it is nearly impossible to fill all those hours with quality coverage. So you do get this shit. So I get what you're, what you're saying is, uh, what you're saying, like, hey, the industry has been, you know, it's not inventive. People do the same thing. I get that. Part of it is they have a lot of hours to fill. I, I feel, feel for those people right now because it is super slow, and I could not imagine having the program eight or nine hours of live television a radio per day, but that doesn't, from the viewer perspective, that doesn't change the fact that it sucks, right? So, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I, you know, I'm just answering your question, like, hey, what would make you subscribe? Right now, the sports rights. Um, the other thing is, you know, like, you might not have that choice. Part of the thing, the reason the cable bundle has always worked, and why all of these over-the-top streaming services, and I've been harping on this for a couple of years now, the the bundle makes sense because no one wants to individual. You think you want to individually choose until you have to sit down and say, "Well, do I want to spend two dollars a month for Fox News or MSNBC?" The answer is probably no. But I, most of us have probably watched one of those two channels or CNN in the last month, and probably a hell of a lot more in the fall during the election. Um, do, do we want... Do I want E? I probably wouldn't make that choice and neither would my wife. But every now and then, when there's nothing else on, she'll flip on the Kardashians. So there there are all these things you don't think you want until you don't have them. And the bundle makes a lot of sense because you can get all of those for a relatively reasonable price. I think that got bloated and blown out of proportion with the traditional cable bundle. And now these quote-unquote skinny bundles are trying to dial it back. But what you're going to see is they partner. with with more networks, I don't think you're going to see that much savings on these streaming packages because it actually makes sense to give you some things you don't want. If I don't want The Walking Dead, which I don't watch it, but I'm going to get it because what is it on, a and A or whatever? Or AMC. 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 Um, you know, I, I'm going to get it because it's it's basically just rolled into a larger package. So, like, four answers there. Sorry, but...
1: I just think what's very interesting is that the disruptor community, the cord-cutting community, like I don't have a television. I have, I pay for a number of different streaming services. To yeah, how, to do that that how
0: do I you watch? How do you watch in New York specifically Philly sports?
1: Uh, well, I watch uh, via like Slingbox, like one of the original things from back in the day. I'm plugged into a TV, so it's that's a remote service like Sling that I'm able to use, um, but it's. It's interesting because there I think in the beginning there was a point of pride from people that cut cords and being a disruptor and being like, yeah, we're changing the old guard. And what's happened is, is I think it's throwing a lot of these media companies into a tizzy and they're trying to figure out how to broadcast. And the true answer is, is that, as Russell was saying earlier. 20-somethings are mainly just looking at their wallet and they don't want to spend the money and they're figuring out other ways to get it done. And it's not about what content they want. It's about what package is, you know, affordable and in easy to get. It's really about convenience more than it is about finding the right content. Oh, there's another show on Hulu that's kind of like Netflix and Hulu's $5 cheaper. Okay, maybe that's the way I'm going to go there. But I think the thing that scares me is what you said about the homogenization of the 700 level and the lack of options that I'm looking around and I'm going, wow, the traditional media is getting weaker. The other sort of media, no one's really stepping up. I'm like, man, the, the, the kind of coverage for people, let's just say in our city, for our teams, uh, it's, it's a lot off, worse off than it was because the, the, the ceiling, the top guys are so much lower than they used to be.
2: Yeah, and this it, that actually. Sorry, Kyle.
0: Real quick, I was going to say it's it's ironic. You mentioned the people are trying to save money, and it's not so much about content, and it's more about um, you know just the waving the flag that you cut to court. I think part of it is the experience. It is it is most people think it's easier if you just go with one of these streaming packages because you know you could just pick up your phone and watch what's on your tv and for the most part that's true but they all have these little quirks that you can't like playstation view if you're out of market you can't watch the game on your phone but you can if it's on an apple tv like all these little quirks that you don't realize until you try and do it the other thing about the price is right now it is cheaper but uh, you're, you need broadband to do all this, and broadband is typically wrapped up in these triple play, play packages, and where the cable companies get you is on your box rental, so you can get rid of that when you cut the cord and go with the streaming package, but they charge you more for the broadband, so at the end of the day, you're really not going to save that much money. You will save a little, but the broadband prices are, will go up, as more broadband and faster broadband is required to support households that have five people streaming live programming in in 1080p and eventually 4K. So the broadband prices will go up. More networks will come into these bundles, and these bundles will creep up. And I think what you're eventually going to see are streaming bundles that maybe give you a little more option but are generally... Uh, look very similar to cable bundles. And that's the way all these, the, the YouTube TVs and the Hulus and the PlayStation views, they, they kind of all look just like slightly smaller cable bundles. Oh, by the way, you were only, you're only spending $10 a month less now for broadband because you didn't get their special triple play deal.
2: You know, in some ways, we've actually already started to see cable trying to catch on to the people who are using logins to stream at least premium content. So the the point that you were making before about some of the streaming services not working in certain apps that also happens with comcast like stars right stars and comcast no longer have a partnership if you want to watch stars you either have to watch it on the xfinity alone like that that specific app or you have to watch it on your dvr at home you don't have the option anymore to stream through like a fire stick or even through stars website you can't access the the content through comcast um, so that's that's one thing. Um, I think it was Wednesday's episode, right? Somebody had asked about, is traditional radio going to start going to like licensing our podcasts? Well, it's the same kind of idea, I think, when we come back to that idea of what would people watch, I personally would rather watch the the live stream of a podcast or or you know like the the taped version of the podcast on a Comcast instead of one of those paid infomercials. Like, if if you were giving me the option to watch Derek Bodner and, like, the Sixers Beat guys doing their own, like, half-hour show or whatever, or hour-long time with the commercials in between, I would rather watch that than watch some of the content that Comcast currently puts out. That doesn't mean that Comcast has terrible talent. It just means that, you know, if you're a local person and and you like to listen to podcasts, that like the the potential for there to be some kind of a of a TV version of it, almost like how Dan Patrick and, and company have have their national versions of their syndicated show. Sean Salisbury apparently on B and Sport, which I can't I didn't know the guy was still doing sports talk, but apparently he does. Um, like I I think going local in that kind of a uh, sense might make a little bit more sense than than even using some of that nationally syndicated radio stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I I think the the. Figuring out the local personalities is always one way to get bigger. Statistically, I don't know if you guys saw this, just to kind of wrap up this conversation, because when we talk about media, holy shit, we talk about media. Um, It came out yesterday, the official numbers for how many cord cutters in the first quarter of 2017. And three months, almost three quarters of a million people have got rid of their cable. That means that the percentage of the industry went from 1.3% of people cord cut to 2.4, a growth of 1.1% in one quarter. It's historically the worst quarter in cable television history in terms of losses of subscribers. So it's gotten to the point where people that denied cord cutting are coming around to it, and they're all going to start freaking out. And they're all going to start to ask the questions that we're asking right now. And they've been have doing it for a long time. NBC, ESPN, trying to figure out how can we go. I mean, that's what ESPN mainly said. We need to figure out to get it to where the consumers are going. But it's a very crazy time. And I would not be surprised if you, they start hiring the local podcast. They start trying to find new people to get on TV because they need to have Something to attract people to not cut that cord.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and to both of your points, if you could program CSN with 24 seven local sports and vary it, you know, instead of a blender infomercial pay, you know, pay us. <laughs> We're campaigning for a job, but pay us five hundred dollars for a half hour of airtime to to live stream from Russ's basement um at least you're you know at least you're adding color and flavor I, i'm like half joking there but it those things aren't aren't bad ideas um
2: we might do it for 400 csn yeah first of
1: all as russ's agent he is not taking anything near $500 <laughs> um,
0: by the way i've seen that that number the only um cable provider to increase subscribers in, in Q1, which a lot of people are considering this is, is the start of the tipping point because it is the, the biggest Q1 drop they've ever had, Comcast. They actually added like 70,000 subscribers somehow, interestingly nice. enough. To their yeah. credit, they are out ahead. Their X1 platform, by most accounts, is pretty darn good. They are way ahead of Verizon, and I mean, those are the two big ones in Philly, but it sounds like they are way ahead of of many of their peers, if not all of them across the country. Uh, in terms of technology. Yeah,
2: that that was where, um, earlier, when we were talking about the the ease of use of going on the streaming platforms and such, if you have Fios, like I do, it is actually easier. Like, when my kid's having a meltdown, it is exponentially easier for me to flip on the Fire Stick really fast, use the Alexa remote, and and just say, like, Thomas and Friends, and pop on Thomas, and, like, watch him and Toby tear up the world. Like, tear up that island of Soda. Easier
0: than just putting the TV on.
2: It's so much easier, because... In in the fi in the way that FiOS is set up, you've like the the on demand menu is is just garbage, and I don't DVR the stuff. So for yeah, me okay. to find that content and, and access, or like yeah, you can make the argument that there's a YouTube app on FiOS, but then you have to hit the button to get to it. It's got to load, and then it's it's wonky. Like it's not not how ha- it, it is amazing what a game changer X1 having the voice remote was for comcast it's the only reason that i ever have a regret for for leaving them for fios it it the ease of use of just using a fire stick and having to bounce between apps at some point uh when you're in a crunch is is actually easier in my opinion than than you know navigating the traditional fios remote and and setup box
0: yeah i could see both sides but i mean there are times where i know my wife gets up and the easiest thing for her to do to to prevent a meltdown is quick put on nickelodeon and, you know, she knows the number, and it's probably already on our cable box. So I get both sides of that. But, I mean, same deal. If I open my Apple TV and say P- put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in 10 seconds, it's on, and the meltdown has been avoided. Um, anyway, all right, let's get to segments. Uh, we got big winners for the week. It's Friday. Mine, uh, Russ sent this link over. It's from the Eagles' website, of course. A guy named Lance Zierlin from NFL.com says the Eagles had the best draft. He says, quote, some will look at the Eagles' picks and say, yeah, but, to many of the selections, now here he says but four times in the next three sentences, but I see a good draft. Zerlin wrote, Derek Barnett isn't flashy, but he's productive and tough. If cornerback Sidney Jones comes back healthy, the Eagles stole first-round talent in the second. Cornerback Rasul Douglas isn't fast, but he's an absolute ball hawk. Wide receiver Mac Hollins isn't a... He's an electric, deep threat, and outstanding special teams talent. So, uh, like it, big winner, still going to go with the, the Eagles. Um, I, I'm, it's, for the lack of anything else going on this week, they had a pretty decent draft, and I appreciate Lance's ability to uh, mock people who say, yeah, but, then uh, flip it around and, yeah, but, his next three sentences. Uh, Russ?
2: Um, I don't know if I would say it's a big winner. Well, I, I guess the big winner is LeVar Ball's ego. Um, the big loser, I guess, is going to be his son, and actually, all three of his sons. And I and I don't get, I don't get what the guy is doing. Like, yeah, he he has now overshadowed his son. He's now gotten to a point where, if the Sixers get the number two pick, I don't want them to take his son. I don't want Lonzo. I think Lonzo's a good player. Lonzo could very easily fit a need on the Sixers, but I just, quite frankly, could not deal with his, with his dad on TV every day. Um, so LeVar sounds like Ball, like Lon, uh,
0: Lonzo's walking the Kenwood trail. Yeah,
2: yeah. So LeVar Ball um, and his big baller brand on Thursday unveiled the ZO2 shoe line that he designed for his son Lonzo. And the shoes, if you haven't seen them, I like I think they're a pretty decent looking shoe, but they're $495. 495. But hey, don't be upset, it's okay. If you want something that's a little bit more uh, more special, um, for only nine hundred ninety five dollars, you can get the Lonzo Ball autographed pair of shoes in the wet color scheme. But hey, if you're like, like what hey, is, I'm what not is so- a
0: wet color scheme?
2: It's a slightly different uh, color variation, and they've uh, well, you know, you have to you have to check it out. It's it's pretty incredible.
1: The um, nine ninety five but- one, you get it in a box with a mirror on the bottom. But here's what's incredible: two things. One, for the first time in weeks, I agree with Russ, which is I'm officially no longer interested in Lonzo Ball and the team because LeVar Ball does not care. Everyone's like, oh, but he'll be talking about the Sixers. No, he won't. He'll be talking about himself. But the second thing is that that price was very smart by LeVar Ball because if you think about it, Russ did not bring an opinion about the shoes. He just read us the prices. Because that's how crazy it was that he did that. He's, he said he wants to make it like a Prada or a Gucci. And what's amazing is yesterday, I watched social media go from talking about healthcare and people losing pre-existing condition coverage. And everyone <laughs> took all of their vitriol out on LeVar Ball's ridiculous. <laughs> dude, you didn't even bring up the fact that he is a $220 wow. sandal. Yep. This is insane. But that's the power of his marketing, that it was a it's a no refund sale. You get him in November, no concept shoe with no backing of an actual shoe brand. And yet we're all talking about him. And you want to talk about disruption. I appreciate LeVar Ball's entrepreneurship. I appreciate entrepreneurship. I appreciate his ability to hustle, but I don't want him anywhere near the fucking Sixers. Because we talked recently about Embiid and Simmons and ma- managing those two egos. Well, you're not even managing Lonzo's ego. You're also managing LaVar's. And I am not interested in adding that. And if there's any coach that can handle it better than Brett Brown, it's probably Pop. But I, I, don't, I don't want them to deal with this at all. I would so much rather have deer and Fox, and there will be a very interesting development as this goes on. Gotta be
0: honest, I don't hate the shoe. Other th- other than the logo, the logo is uh, garbage, and it looks like AI's yeah, like logo. And uh, do you really? I mean,
1: it, yeah, like I think that the, the I like the shoe. And the, o. The, shoe like the, the shoe is solid. Never mind, Allen
0: Iverson did this uh, twelve years ago. Made the exact same shoe. Take a look at the the black question and the uh, and, and it looks it a lot like
1: the Kobe thing. too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the, how much variation. Eventually, you can go back in NBA uh, history, sneaker history. I'm not a sneaker guy, but I'm sure there's quite a bit of overlap here. Um, so I would
2: say that the biggest winner in that scenario was last night. Shaq went after LeVar Ball and said that a um, a real big baller um, wouldn't overprice shoes that kids couldn't pay for. And I then take- Lavar Ball, uh, not immediately as a as a response, but as a response to all the haters tweeted out, I believe in all caps, if you can't afford the shoes, then you are not a big baller. Nice. Money bag. Money bag.
0: Nice. So,
2: yeah, this, this dude is a caricature of himself, but, yeah, Adam's right. I mean, he, he has absolutely taken over the the conversation. And oddly enough, on ESPN's website, you could not find mention of the NHL playoffs of the Rangers <laughs> game last night, but sure as you know what, one of the headlines on the the front page of the website is LeVar Ball announcing the $495 Lonzo shoes. And what? this
1: kid hasn't even played a minute. He hasn't played a minute of NBA. And I have a potential theory, which is when players are drafted, everybody could be a Hall of Famer. Ben, 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 We still believe that Ben Simmons can be a Hall of Famer because he's never played a game. And the more he plays, the more realistic our adjustments get. All the Eagles pick, you mentioned Lance Zerline and his review of the draft. Oh, my God. Sidney Jones is going to be great, and Derek Barnett's going to be great, and Mac Collins is going to be great. And then they start playing, and you realize what they're really capable of. I believe that Lonzo Ball is the most highly thought of right now than he will ever be. And as soon as he steps foot on the court, it gets more and more real because he's not going to be Jordan, and he's not going to be LeBron. He's not going to be all this stuff. I am very curious, one, how successful Lonzo is, two, how long LeVar will be in the national spotlight once his kid starts playing in the NBA. Because now checks are being cashed. Now it's not, like right now, this is LeVar's season. Even if if Lonzo's really good, that's when it gets real.
0: If he's really good. Uh, then his father fades to the background. Not saying he's going to go away, and he's going to make Lonzo the heel simply because of his of of because his existence. LeVar's. But if, if Lonzo's really good, th- the dad goes into the background and Lonzo just becomes a superstar heel.
1: Uh, I don't know. Lonzo doesn't talk. And you want to talk about free content? So when he starts feuds with people online every night, that people will be paying attention to that. And as Russ just showed, he made one tweet, and it's all over ESPN.com. Imagine when he starts calling out Joel Embiid for being a soft and not passing to his son during games, and then Brett Brown's having to answer those questions after the games.
0: I'm with you. Um, all right, we'll probably, uh, probably get out of there, there. One of these days we will get Russ to curse. One of these days, we will get him.
1: Nope. He said, S, you know what? Yeah, today.
0: nice. Well done. Um, all right, that's our show. Thanks again for listening. As always, we welcome comments, feedback, and questions. If you haven't, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in, your podcast player of choice, and uh, be sure to leave us a five star review. It does help with the rankings. We will see you on Monday.